0: I, I think it's super interesting, though. There are plenty of, like, anime shows that I watched, like, back in the early 2000s. I would go on Adult Swim, and I'd watch... Did you ever see that one called Big O?
1: I've heard of it. I don't think I've ever seen it.
0: It's kind of like a like a Gundam show, but it's, it's a little different for some reason. I can't explain how. I just remember it being pretty interesting, and, you know, it was cool to watch. But it's always the same concept. Guy... Gets in a big robot and fights, you know, other big robots. Fun stuff. Or did you ever uh, see Evangelion? Yeah, Neon Genesis. Yeah, yeah, Neon Genesis. That's the one. So that I think one, I'm gonna get that one again.
1: That one's probably like the more, the more. Oh, what's the word? I don't know. That one. That one had like more, um, more details of like politics, um, cause and
0: effect. And this goes on. That was more of a mature audience. That yeah. had like a lot of deep concepts to it. There was like a, like a, Christian spiritual element to it. Like they would always talk about the the enemy. What was it called? Sin. They would call him something like that. It was weird. Oh, I just remember, they all fought against.
1: They all fought against the uh, the angels. That's, what they that's call yeah. Them. That's it. They call them angels. Angels, yeah. And the first one, the first. I get—I call them monsters because, I mean, seriously, Dude, that's, they, what, they that's are. what they were. But, but like the first monster angel that came down, they named Adam. And then if you if you watch the movies, it talks about how. Um. What was it? When the last angel came, it brought about like the dist- practically the destruction of Earth only people that survived were like the kids the pilots yeah that that's it.
0: right the pilots the the kids were the, the like the lone survivors
1: and then uh, they just recently made another movie about it Where like what 20 years later there's a there's like another angel sighting it's supposed to be like Eve coming for Adam oh how interesting I've never seen it
0: but I thought well I'm too late now <laughs> so Adam gets tempted by the snake Huh. And he has to go get Eve and calls her down, and then they both die. Who knows? I've never seen it. I'd
1: have to see it and tell you. But Yeah. But, the, yeah, I like how they conceptualize, what is it, the... It's like the morals and
0: the ideology of adults onto children. Like yeah. These kids
1: were, like, barely even 14, 15 years old.
0: Yeah, and they were dealing with very adult concepts and... Like having to grow up fast, it was almost like that Ender's Game thing where, yeah, Ender was he was just a boy, but yet he had to deal with very 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 adult problems and scenarios and had to make those like super tough decisions. But I always think that kind of thing is pretty interesting. I I enjoy that kind of story, at least for my part. But moving on to other things, welcome back to the Sons of Comics podcast. <laughs> I'm Steve Pugh. And I'm Gabriel Rodriguez. Yeah, we're live here in my basement in the man cave. It's very, very unfinished. And the heater's running. <laughs> <laughs> it does background. get cold. It <laughs> does get cold. So, um, It's been a crazy weekend. Uh, Gabe and I both went and saw Batman v. Superman. And I'll just give you my initial reaction to it. I loved it. thought it was great, Gabe. Same here. I loved, I should say, I'll be honest, I love what, 85-90% of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say about the same. I'd give it that that, that 90% rating. I mean, there's obviously, no movie's perfect, but overall, my viewing experience, I came away feeling like that was spectacular, you know, overall. But uh, we're not here to talk about that today. We're gonna get into some fun stuff, and we're gonna talk about Daredevil, since uh, Daredevil is on everybody's mind, and it's gonna continue to be on everybody's mind until the next season comes out next year, <laughs> in which more people will spend thirteen hours of their lives binge watching a TV show, ignoring work, family, and all other lively pursuits. So, mm. but so well worth the rest. Oh, so worth it. No comparison. I'll just open up my notes. Uh, How about we do some knee jerk really quick We've got some knee jerk stuff Uh, Gabe wasn't here for our first Little time we did knee jerk But I'll explain it to everybody Who doesn't know what it is Uh, Knee jerk is a section where I have a list of News topics And I will pitch those to Gabe And he will give me his best Knee jerk reaction to those In at most I'll give him two sentences so I'm just going to do a handful of these here because I want to save these for a lot of these for the rest of the group as, as a whole. But, um, oh, you'll like this one. Here we go. Young Justice fans open petition to relaunch to get a season three. Hmm. Yes,
1: because let's face it, Invasion was out there. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty out there. I mean, I could, I like how it tied in. As uh, as uh, as a continuation from season one, but let's face it, it was out there. You had, I mean, it explained Blue Beetle's origins. It explained what happened during those 16 hours that you know the Justice League went missing. Uh, obviously, prove that there's life outside of Earth. But you know, it that type of in the world of fantasy, of course, of course, that's going to exist. But other than that, it was kind of out there. I mean, alien invasion, blah blah blah. So let's let's uh let's bring
0: it home with a, a season three that makes a little more a little more sense. Back to Earth, huh? Yep. Stay a little grounded. Like it. Wonder Woman screenwriter Jason Fuchs to write Lobo movie.
1: Hmm. Interesting concept. Lobo was an interesting character. Uh, my thoughts. Better do a good job because I could see
0: it going south pretty, pretty quick. Okay. Hmm. Uh, Charlie Cox, uh, Daredevil says that his character would fit in very well in the MCU. Your thoughts?
1: Um, he'd have to be more specific. If he's talking about like Avengers. the movies, like in oh, in the Avengers, as long as he uses the same character,
0: yeah, or the same actor to, that plays the current character, yeah. That we see on the Netflix series. No doubt. I uh, i would have to agree with that. I think he fits in very well. Um, he's probably as brutal as any of those other characters, even more so. A little more angry. But um, fighting style-wise, I, I I question whether he can keep up with the way the characters in the MCU fight. Because for some reason, watching them take on like those Ultron bots... Like, they just were non-stop the whole time. It's fun to watch Daredevil take down a bunch of guys in a hallway, but how long can he keep it up for? That's the question. That's true.
1: I mean, he did a pretty good job on rooftops. So. Yeah, he did.
0: And the stairwell, which we'll get into.
1: Uh,
0: um, so, uh, Batman the Killing Joke animated movie will, uh, will have Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill reprising their voice roles as Batman and the Joker. Ooh. That screams ratings will go up. Agreed. Indiana Jones 5. Harrison Ford's all in.
1: Beep that sh- <laughs>
0: <laughs> No. They effed up.
1: We're done with Indiana Jones. Motherfucker's gonna break his hip and die. He's already dead to me. He's dead to oh, I mean, the first, he, he should have left. He
0: should have stopped after the third. Uh, Bucky loses his arm in Cap Civil War. Again? I thought he already lost an arm. Yeah, he did. But, you know, there's speculation and there's spoilers via trailer that show he gets his arm ripped off. The robo one. Oh. Uh, his robo arm. I thinking the other one. Not if like, he gets,
1: for real? Leave the guy alone. Uh. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. That could
0: go either way. It could be a good thing, or it could be a bad thing. I could see it being a good thing. Only c- a good thing if he gets a new arm made out of vibranium. Exactly. Or adamantium.
1: Well, whichever comes first. Whichever comes
0: first. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he takes Cap Shield, melts it down, and gets it made into a new arm. That's star spangled. Yes. All in for that. Okay. Well, I think that's all I've got for now. I know there's plenty of other stuff. Speaking of Batman v Superman, though, on knee-jerk, mixed reviews, mixed, mixed, mixed reviews uh, between fans and the critics. What's your take on the war between critic validity or audience? Audience has their say and means something. Ooh, it's tough. That's literally
1: 50-50. Critic validity, you got a bunch of it's uh, got a bunch of fat dudes that think they know it all only because they their opinions come from viewpoints of like a cinematic universe a lot of audience fans they are more alo- can be can be more well rounded because you got fans out there that have seen both the cinematic universes and uh, the pure storyline of comics or graphic novels whichever you prefer to call them as you know they're 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 able to see the bridge between the two worlds unless you have a real critic that has that type of gra- background i really don't listen to critics that all that much because i mean seriously what do they know
0: yeah this is a movie this is a fan movie made for fans right this is a comic as i've heard it put this is the most comic booky comic book movie
1: exactly so the best comparison yeah. i could think is you're making You know, you're making a chocolate cake for chocolate lovers and asking the opinion of strawberry lovers what they think of the cake. Like, no, you don't, can't mix, you you can't, that
0: doesn't work like that. Agreed. On on another level, well, it still, but it still works for just regular moviegoers, apparently. Apparently, a lot of people just go in to see the movie, curious about whether the critics are right or wrong, and they come out saying, yeah, I really liked it. So does that still play into that? Um,
1: technically, that's that's also 50/50. You got those that come in no know, already knowing what to expect. You got those that don't know what to expect. And so you have the opinion. you have opinions based on like on educated thought and you have opinions based on like ignorant thought. So, for best example would be, uh, let's just say I like to go to the movies because I like action. But, I hate comics. So, how are you going to come out feeling, right? Exactly. It's more going to be of how I thought of it as an action base than I thought, than, than I than would. like a comic book movie. Yep. Taking it as a whole. Versus, let's say I went in as the nerd I am, loving both the action, the story, and everything. Everything that the movie has to offer. At least I can honestly say my opinion would be more, more versatile, or more vers yeah versatile, versatile, you know more. It'd be more of a well-rounded opinion because based on, you know, previous experiences, previous uh, let's see, no, well, knowledge base of the of a storyline, and the com the comparison contra- and comparisons in contrast of the movie universe to. To, the, to an actual storyline. I can act, I can piece together and point out to you what what's going on, what to expect, what should be there, what shouldn't be there.
0: It's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to see at least for me, like to see other comic book fans go into the movie and come out feeling so I don't know, so empty handed because I did not come out empty handed with this movie at all and yet there are people who have seen just as much as either of us have uh, comic book movie wise or are as well read as we are like Dark Knight Returns or Death of Superman or any of those storylines if they go in there and they see that and they come out feeling or you know come out wanting or feeling that they didn't get everything they wanted it's it's kind of hard for me to reconcile why in a sense but it's it's funny how polarizing this movie was in that it divided comic book movie fans it divided the critics it divided, regular audience members all the way, like it, it's it's kind of just nuts. Still survive. Yeah, I and it's surprising. Like I, I uh, listened to Kevin Smith yesterday, and he just explained all the things wrong with the movie that he didn't like, and it and it hurt honestly because he's <laughs> like the biggest Batman fan there ever was and knows him better than any of us do, and to hear him have to say things that he didn't like about it was just. It was just painful. It was just like, oh, like I came away getting so much. I loved watching this super violent Batman, and I loved watching him kick ass, and and I loved watching him do all of his things as Bruce Wayne. I thought he was great, and I even liked most of the story, although there were elements of the story I would have left out possibly or, or done something different with. But overall, like, I really, really liked it, and it was just kind of difficult to to hear those things and just you know it's like watching your hero say something something contrary to their nature you know what I mean that makes sense
1: okay I can see that um so real quick Steve one thing specific that he said that shocked you complete shock
0: (sighs) that's One thing. um, One big thing. Like,
1: specifically something that you would have expected him to enjoy or like or approve, but he came out polar
0: opposite. You know, him and his co-host both said this, and um, I was super opposed to it at first, but I can see their reasoning. But they're like, maybe I shouldn't use this one. Maybe that's not the right example, but I'll say it anyway. Uh, Mark Bernardin was like the death of the Waynes at the beginning. Did not need it at all. You know, we could have left that out entirely. And I was shocked because I was like, I thought it was choreographed beautifully the way they just use that for the opening credits, you know, showing how Bruce Wayne's parents died. Also how he finds the Batcave. I thought that was, I thought it was well-placed just because it was short enough to forget it after the movie like gets into it. But it's important enough to be referenced later in the movie. And the fact that they are like, we didn't need that at all. Nobody needs that. And it's like, originally, I would have agreed with you, but since this is the restarting of an entire universe of movies, I still feel like it's somewhat necessary. Mm, gotcha.
1: Wow. It's worse than watching your parents get a divorce, man. Like, <laughs> I can see why. Okay.
0: That's It's some tough stuff to swallow. Not only that, but he mentioned the death of Superman. Spoilers, sorry. Uh, death of Superman being shoehorned in there, which is, you know, this movie is, is made up of basically pieces of, of you know, uh, comic book material taken straight from the, from the pages. And one of the storylines was Death of Superman where Doomsday kills him. And he just, he's like, I did not want to see that. And at that point I was like, oh no, why would you do that? He said that and I was like, it wasn't as bad as it as it seems. Stop saying what you're saying. No, don't do that. Oh, you know, I was like, ah, dang it, you know. But, you know, critics are critics, and he was very even-handed, but he still came away feeling like he liked it a lot. So, end result is okay. I'm good with it. What about you? Ooh. Um, I'll be honest. I, my, my reasons for
1: li- for disliking certain things may seem more petty than most than most people. But then again, just because of my expectations and the, I guess, rationale or the reasons of why things should be the way they are, um, let's start with certain characters. Like, the biggest one on my mind is who they chose to be The Flash. Ezra Miller. <laughs> that, oh my gosh. Uh, What's more embarrassing is I just see a glimpse of the guy and I'm pretty sure... What were my exact words to you when when I said that? I thought it was some Asian dude. Yeah, he's... you thought it was like this little Asian kid. Yeah, I thought it was some ugly Asian dude. You're like, "No, that guy's not Asian. I he's thought, a white he's a white kid. That dude's ugly." He's like, just wh- a stringy-haired white kid. Oh, gee. But my opinion, I mean, they should be using the actor from the WB's The Flash.
0: Yeah, that's that's the word around the board is that they wanted him. And I, there's a thing out there that Zack Snyder explains why he didn't choose him, but I haven't read it yet. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to hear it just because they should have picked, they should have picked Grant Gustin. They should have picked him because he would have been, I think he would have been fine or he would have been great. He, oh my gosh. He, Grant, oh, he's he, just, he, he's already,
1: he's already the face of the, of Barry Allen as the Flash. Yeah, just he how, is. uh, what's his name? Hugh oh, Jackman s- is the face of Wolverine. It's true. Like they, they that has been established. Okay, I mean, you gotta you gotta think logically. It, it it's been established. The, they they fit the roles. They fit the characters. Well, in my opinion, I mean, unless you can find me someone who does a better job, but I'll tell you one thing: whoever they, they the the who I thought was an Asian dude as that they picked obviously doesn't fit the description, especially his suit. You get a, did yeah, you get he gets a... like an
0: armored suit, but maybe he only uses that when he's traveling through the Speed Force. Like, if he has to time travel, he only uses that one, maybe. Oh my that's gosh. my hope. Like, I that's hope gonna it's only another, that. That's going to open another can of worms, but... They've already shoehorned in the idea that there could be a Flashpoint universe. Like, I don't know if you've Paradox. seen Flashpoint Paradox, but there's a universe where, um, you know, Bruce's parents don't die bruce is the one that dies and thomas wayne becomes batman and superman is captured by the government when he's sent to earth and a whole bunch of other stuff and there's a universe where barry allen never becomes the flash and flash goes to that universe because of something he did or he creates it basically but you know maybe maybe that suit is just there's just a few add-ons to help him get through the speed force or through the timeline and that's ah, my hope. I'm crossing my fingers here. Very hopeful that that's all it is. Not gonna lie,
1: that's a little too hopeful. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, I'm being very
0: optimistic for something that I I am probably wrong about. But oh, you know, we still got like two years before the flash comes. But the good news is, is that there's only like there's only like a year practically from. It's only like a. It's a little over a year. From wonder woman comes out and then only a few months following that justice league comes out part one that's true so i'm very very hopeful for justice league because they've said it's going to be lighter in tone and that's kind of what i'm i'm hoping for because this movie deserved to be dark and i'm good with that all i've been good with that from the start but justice league needs to be a little bit lighter in heart i think and to to draw audiences the direction of the film is going to be completely it's got to be completely different but you know we still got suicide squad it's still set up to be huge like probably even bigger than batman v superman some are saying but i don't know we'll see you know Mm. but yeah like you said dude the flash it was fun to see him do the little flash thing in that little other cameo he made like on videotape yep that was fun that was fun You know, you can't even see him move, you know. Uh, And again, actor was ugly AF. Yeah. uh, I I just can't understand why they wouldn't pick a guy that looks like Grant Gustin, someone with, like, blonder hair, you know. In the comics, Barry's always blonde. He's a blonde guy. He's, like, a tall, like, lean, muscularly lean blonde guy, and they pick a shrimp. Well, let's think about this.
1: Superman is always the dark-haired, blue-eyed character. Yes. It doesn't matter yes. who they pick, it doesn't matter what actor they pick. They always make sure that Superman's Superman's description is as close as possible. And he has that little gay hair
0: curl on, on on his head.
1: Yeah, like, gay or no gay, like he, you know, he he fits the description like a glove. It's like why why would they do that to this Flash specifically? And then, which gets to my other point, same thing with Lex Luthor. Um, don't get me wrong, actor did a great job being Lex Luthor, but that's not Lex Luthor. Exactly. That's you know, not the one that we're familiar with. That's right. like me going to a restaurant, ordering a cherry Coke, and the first words out of the waiter's mouth is, is Pepsi okay? Is effing Monopoly money okay? Like, <laughs> you don't, no, like, do you're do you not listening to yourself, but, you know, Lex Luthor, I'll admit. I'll, Lex Luthor's character, he the actor did amazing. He did a great job for, you know, I could see Lex Luthor being
0: Did he give a hundred and ten percent?
1: Yeah, I could see Lex Luthor like, in a sense, alternatively being just how the actor portrayed him to be in the movie. But, you know, like I said, if they're gonna stick to the script, they didn't stick to the script with his character. Like you like Lex Luthor, the Lex Luthor we know is to be
0: uh, more suave, more Yeah, a smooth talking businessman who's like an evil genius. Exactly. Instead we get like It's like the Joker's less Well I was gonna less say less interesting sidekick.
1: Mark Zuckerberg's retarded twin brother.
0: Like Oh that's even better. That's better. I like that one. I like that <laughs> well, one. <laughs> like, but that's
1: that's what we ended up getting. I thought, uh I didn't pay for that. But whatever. I mean apparently these guys know better know better than we do what would i know but i mean those were probably the two biggest things that that i would say i wasn't too crazy about um other than that you know other than that everything else was well well put together did um, you like the
0: super violent batman like this is the kind of batman that like you know he'll fight a guy and if he accidentally kills him or he just kills him by way of just like things happening in the fight are you okay with that
1: um last time i checked that's his character Like, why? if I wasn't okay with that, I wouldn't be okay with Batman.
0: See, that's what I say, but a lot of people are very, very upset by it. And I'm like, look, you can go back to The Dark Knight and you can say, oh, he didn't kill anybody. But really think about what a Batman would be like in real life. If he was chasing down thugs in a car and he machine guns the back of the car, is that guy going to live? No. Most likely not. No, 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 no. And if somebody pulls a grenade on you and you kick it away and it just so happens to land near the guy that throws it and he gets his body blown apart and dies, that's, that's, that's going to happen. That's going to happen in a fight. You can't get away from that. There's no way to fight so particularly that you're not going to accidentally kill somebody in the process. Like, that's at least my perspective. And I... I know people are gonna fight me on this. It's like, well, he doesn't do it in the comics. Well, like in Dark Knight Returns, he sure does. He he ends up killing people, but you know, uh, I was about to say you can't
1: Marvelize the Batman. No, <laughs> like you, you—that's not.
0: If that were the case, he'd be part of the Avengers yeah. instead of the Justice League. I just, I just can't reconcile with fans who are like, well, I didn't like the fact that he killed. Well, I'll, Get used to it because this is the kind of Batman that, you know, I a lot of people have been waiting a long time to see.
1: That's the type of Batman that's pretty much always existed.
0: Yeah, you would, you'd you think so. I mean, he, he killed people in the beginning of his career. Like, the first Batman comics, the detective comics, he, he shot people. He killed people. You know, he uh, casually threw a guy off a building. You know, he's just like, that's what happens. <laughs> you know, crime fighter. Fight crime, sometimes the guy dies.
1: So, I mean... People, it's kind of sad. People need to be more aware of reality. I mean, I understand it, it, this is a, you know, this this is a comic universe where, you know, and, I mean, let's face it. Anything can happen. Anything is a possibility. And you could cater to, you know, whatever beliefs or whatever, you know, ideals that you want. But the fact remains that we live in a place called reality. You can't escape it. You know,
0: the fact that that was their target is real
1: life. Exactly, they want, which which makes these movies so so captivating, because you can't help but think in your mind, hey, you know, let me spend two years of my life training in like martial arts or training in some form of combat. Put me in that scenario, I'm pretty sure I could pass it off. You know, fist for fist, kick for kick. Jump for jump, you know, or come very close to it. Yeah. Reality, you know, if you look at you know, look at history, in the in the lifespan of what humankind, when have when has there ever been a war or battle or fight that did not involve the other party getting killed or maimed or injured? Blah blah, blah you know, like you, it's reality, people. You can't get used to it. Yeah, exactly. Get used to it. You can't. You can't ignore it I mean you can but you're just fooling yourself but what people should have the mentality is of it or what the mentality people should have is like you know if this is how reality is what am I gonna do to either adapt or change it
0: yeah exactly you do you kind of have to think on the fly and when your life is in danger what 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 are you going to do right you got to think about what's more most important here: staying alive, surviving. Yes, and if the other guy bleeds out because of what I do, well, that's just that's just a, a byproduct of of the environment that I choose to operate in, you know, or that I'm forced to be, or thrown. that I'm forced, yeah, yeah, exactly, forced to be thrown into. But anyway, enough about Batman v Superman. Let's talk about Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said I thought we were going to talk about it. Yeah, I know, hard segue here. <laughs> just to you know jerky around here until we get where we're trying to go. But hey, uh, starting off, let's start off
1: with some Easter eggs. For those, for those who have seen um, seen the second season or have yet to see the se- second season, uh, there's a ton of Easter eggs. There's obviously the big one, the Punisher. Yeah, the Punisher, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what other ones? Ah. You also have... Oh, you're going to have to help me out, Steve. I'm starting oh, to forget... what's her name? You.
0: Hogarth? Yeah. Yeah, Hogarth. Yep. She's uh, the, the lawyer, the the main lawyer lady, uh, formerly from the Matrix trilogy. Um, she's from Jessica Jones. Yep. So uh, they shoehorn that in there. I guess that's part of their direction that they're heading with the Defenders series where they kind of all all of these uh, single Netflix uh Marvel Crime Fighter series are heading. So. Exactly.
1: Uh, another one. Another interesting one is uh this is one you're going to really have to help me cuz I can't. My, I'm spacing out on names. Uh the guy that makes Daredevil his suit. Oh, he's
0: uh his character or his, his um identity, his secret identity is um Gladiator. Exactly. Gladiator, Melvin Potter. Gladiator. I mean, the big one. I,
1: it's another spoiler, but you have to you have to pay close attention to it. Is when
0: Daredevil comes into his shop, yep, and it kind of surprises him, and he picks up the saw. Blade. The saw blade, yeah, I liked that. I thought that was fun. I, I did my research on him because I've never actually seen him before. But uh, when he first appeared in season one, I was like, um, so that guy is something. I'm sure he's something. And I looked him up, and sure enough, yeah, he's a character called Gladiator. Uh, who's uh, an expert, like, costume maker, but he's also, like, incredibly strong, and he's a great martial artist, or he's a great fighter. Yep. But, from my perspective and what I see, we're kind of ahead in his timeline, because initially, he fights Daredevil, like, his first time meeting him. And at this point, he's with this woman called, uh, Betty. right? Betsy. Yeah, or Betsy. Yeah, Betsy Beatty. And, uh, she kind of helps him be good. So, in his story uh, after years of being like a villain he meets Betsy and she kind of helps him become a good guy and from then on he like helps Daredevil and he, he does stuff for him so I think that's the cue that we're taking it from in my opinion I don't know, I could be wrong I, I mean he could be, you know Betsy might die and he might go back to being a villain at any moment so or knows? the
1: way they're prepping it up it could be Betsy might die and then he just, you know there's really no evil timeline for him in the series and he just helps out Daredevil. Maybe. I mean, Maybe. That's another that's another theory. I mean, we'll find out. Yeah. I try to think what are some other good ones that I saw. Um uh, another spoiler alert for those who haven't even made it to episode five, uh Electra. Yeah Electra, yeah <laughs> she's Elektra,
0: obviously um who else? What did you get did the I impression see? that she was more Asian than Greek? Uh, like, the actress or the character? How about both? Um, yes, actually, yeah. Like, she always seemed Asian to me because, well, obviously she is. I mean, her name is, uh, she has an Asian last name, but (laughs) in the comics, she's Greek. Like, her last name is Electra. She's Electra Nachios, which is a, a Greek name. So, I just thought it was funny, but... Maybe that doesn't matter because she was adopted by white people. So. Oh, white people? <laughs> well, she's like, a like, white this, like this rich white family, and they, like, raised her, and maybe they're the Nachios part. Like, maybe we don't even know what her actual last name is based in this storyline. I don't know. That's true. So, I could be wrong. Uh, what other Easter eggs? Did we even get an Easter egg for um, Iron Fist? Um... I don't think we did. I don't know. I could be wrong. Ooh, hold on, hold on. That should be my tagline for this entire show. I could be wrong. <laughs> uh, Sons of Comics, I could be wrong.
1: Let's yeah. see. Well, let's get back to it. I, I, that's one I'll have to sit and think about. I'm sure there was, but it ha- it's probably one of those, like, very small details
0: you have to watch out for. Probably. That's one that I I should, certainly didn't see. They did mention Jessica Jones. They, uh, they said her name in here at one point. Yep, that's probably the second biggest one. Yeah. They mentioned her somewhere in there Say, so oh Jessica Jones this or Jessica Jones that or I don't remember exactly where it was.
1: It was in the interview or not not the interview. It was oh it uh, what
0: Claire. Was no, y- not Claire. Um, uh what was that other chick's name? Are you talking about the blonde chick? Mm oh, uh Foggy's ex
1: girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what her. I meant. Um why am I forgetting her name uh, Marcy that's her. is that it Marcy? oh my gosh alright yeah that's it yeah Marcy she mentions it me of all people should know but yeah Marcy Marcy <laughs> mentions it um, inside side you. note yeah. for those the name Marcy Uh, it just just know I have beef I have beef with a co-worker with that exact same name semi different attitude but same name but anyways back to Not back to, to the review uh yeah, so Marcy Marcy flat out mentions Jessica Jones as she's talking to Foggy, as she's trying to convince him to join
0: the law firm law firm that she got hired onto. What was it Hogarth something something in Nelson? <laughs> he says like, oh, that's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, offering big time money. <laughs> and I'm trying to think. Uh,
1: Corporation. Yeah, Roxon. That's another big one. Um, uh, let's see, what else was there? You know what? Let's stop there for now. Uh, I mean, if it's we reveal it all, eggs.
0: if we reveal it all, everyone's gonna get bored. I actually kind of want to jump straight to Foggy since you mentioned him, <laughs> dude. He was kind of badass this season. Yeah, I like how they developed him more this season. He as he did, um, he's like a great lawyer. Yeah,
1: because in the co- in the comic series, he he's supposed to always be on par with Matt. Yeah, as far as like being his equal as a whether defense or prosecuting attorney. Um, I mean, obviously in the first, in the first season, you don't see too much of it. He's more of the worrywart about the whole operation while Matt did most of the work. Not so much, um, not so much to like overpower his, overpower Foggy is more just to, you know, cause that's just how Matt is. And he, he's not afraid of responsibility no. for making tough decisions. No, not at all. Whereas Foggy, he obviously didn't have, um... He wasn't faced with the harsher reality like Matt was to be to, you know, come up with tough decisions on the
0: spot. He had so many good moments. He did. He had the hospital when he like basically convinced those two thugs to not kill each other. He had, you know, times where he would face down the D.A. and he would just, Mm -hmm. you know, bust their chops in their faces. Uh, And then in court with uh, Frank, you know, he had like this airtight case until Frank decided to. F it up. You know, uh, <laughs> he torpedoed the whole thing. Uh, I, I mean, what's funny is I could see Frank's
1: reasons, but at the same time, it's like, come on, bro. That, that was a dick move. and yeah. You're not even paying for us. Like, yeah, throw a brother a bone, you know? Nope. Nope, not happening. Instead of throwing a bone,
0: threw him under the bus, parked yeah. it right over the handicap spot. Sure did. He ran over a guy's head and watched his bl- brain splatter everywhere. You know, no pun intended, but, <laughs> um, you know, uh, going on to like, Punisher, how great was he? He was. He was. I want to say he was crafted near flawlessly. Yeah, Uh, I have to say, like, I wasn't convinced that he would feel exactly like the Punisher, but he nails it. He nailed it pretty good. Yeah, there wasn't really an area where I didn't feel like he delivered as Daredevil. Like, maybe, like, on a physical level, like, he's not as big as I thought, you know, Punisher would be, but in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really make a huge difference
1: no i mean he comes pretty close if you think about it like if you were close. to compare his body type on the show to his body type on the comic it i mean it's comparable enough in yeah, my enough. opinion He
0: gets close enough
1: you don't need some some overbearing meathead carrying a semi-automatic all over the place you know it's just i mean they it, they got straight to the point and they they i like how they tied more of a modernism to it like modern like if you were to look at Marines that were recruited from mid two thousands to recent day, they all look, um, a lot like him. Yeah, they all look. They all look more like the the drawn out version of the Punisher from when from around the early eras when they first drew
0: him. Like it's just evolution of man, I guess. Yeah, pretty much dead on, you know. And uh, yeah, he. He was so legit. I, I loved everything he did. He was brutal. I mean, he was, like, almost as brutal as the Batman in Batman v Superman, or even more so. Like I was about to say, he's a little more brutal than Batman. He's putting guys on meat hooks, and he's setting bombs up, and, you know. Shooting guys point blank. He sh- like. freaking shoots Daredevil in the head. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, he shoots him, like, like, three to four feet from his head, and and it feels like 3 to 4 inches like <laughs> yeah it was like oh wow i uh, did not see that coming you know but then
1: again he's a marine if you talk to any any marine that's been out out on their tours and they come back and you ask them hey is that exactly what you did out there 9 out of 10 I'll tell you that's exactly what i had to do out there
0: yeah so, i
1: mean it played he played he played it was played near near flawless i guess the only flaw would be what he either wasn't gory enough or wasn't,
0: I don't know, wasn't. Um... Dude, he got gored up pretty good when they strapped into a chair. they freaking drilling a hole in his foot. And, like, <laughs> he was all sorts of messed up and torturing him. I thought it was interesting. Like, he let him, he's like, do whatever you want. You can kill me. Just don't hurt the dog, you know? He yeah. Let, he let, he's like, don't hurt the dog. You know, the dog didn't do nothing wrong. And the dog was being used for dog fights and stuff. And it, it's like, wow. He had a lot more heart than I thought he would, you know? Well, I mean,
1: most you know, m- most people that serve their country have that mentality of protect the innocent. That's exactly what he did. It's just his way of going about it was just a lot more brutal. But, and then it's funny because it brings up even at work, it brought up a huge debate. Is he a hero? Is he a villain? Blah, blah, blah. It's like... Okay, let's look... Again, let's look at reality. He's a hero. Otherwise, he wouldn't be a Marvel superhero or a Marvel hero to begin with. Second of all, um, you know, you, they talk about in the, in the season what defines a hero.
0: Yeah, they have that very large conversation on that rooftop. Like, who's doing the greater good? Like, is Matt Murdock doing the greater good? Or is... You know, is Frank Castle doing the greater good by killing the criminals instead of just beating him up and sending him to prison?
1: Yeah, and it's funny because, like, when you think about that in our in today's society, like, it's it's the exact same thing. You know how how different is it for me to literally take out a criminal versus giving
0: them a second chance? It's 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 so it's kind of like Batman Superman. It's very polarizing. Like, (laughs) you either. Either you beat the criminal into submission, hoping that you give him a second chance by putting him in prison and he'll think, okay, I've got to stop doing this. And there's got to be a better path for me out there than what I currently do. Or you can have Frank Castle's mentality like, these guys are going to get out in three to four months or whatever and just go back to doing exactly what they're doing. And if I kill them, they can't do that anymore. They can't hurt anybody else. They can't kill anybody else or ruin anybody else's lives it's uh it's that age old argument you know to kill or not to kill you uh-huh. know what is the what is the what's the right way to go about it honestly it has there has to be a balance in it there's some there's um, gotta be some balance
1: in there somewhere I mean if you think about it let's look at history in history we've had we, I mean we've put to death some of the most dangerous criminals in the world um you know a lot of big threats to societies, mankind, civilizations, blah, blah, blah. You know, either they were... They were either killed or killed. Huh. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Let me think of another example then. Um, captured or <laughs> killed or they yeah, yeah, no, you could say that. Yeah, no, there are stories where... There are stories in history where some were captured, just captured and given a second chance. I mean, I mean you could pull these sources from any from history books, the Bible uh life experiences, recent events, past events, blah blah. Um in my opinion to be honest, the way I see it is, you know, they say you judge a person by the content of the content of their character. And if you know, throwing in some, you know, the psychology background of, you know, is this person's mentality or is this person's character justified by you know, is the justification of their motives based on you know, a product of their environment, a product of their mentality, blah 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 blah. And then you go into too much detail. Bottom line is, you gotta look at it as, what is it that this guy or or girl could be um, wants to do? You know, what's the person's intentions? Like, first for an example, when they brought um, uh, what's his name, the Irish dude? Oh, um, he's like the mob boss, right? well I mean he's the one that they put in protective oh, custody oh that guy uh, Grotto exactly Grotto like you know Matt only knew the side of Grotto where he was trying to change and that's because you know his life was in danger and it's it was more of he showed more of a am sorry I got caught I'll stop blah 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 but at the same time his nature is well I gotta survive too I gotta run yeah and you know murder and you know well, I'm going to ref- right. ref- reference uh, Daredevil as Murdoch from, from now on because it's because it's more natural for me. But Murdoch, his first his first take is, you know, give him a second chance because he's showing signs that he wants to change, blah, blah, blah. But later on, the Punisher reveals, hey, this dude, ask him what he did. And what does Grotto do? First, he tries to hide it. He tries to hide what he did in front of Murdoch. Then he finally well well, because he kept getting slapped around by by the punisher but you know after frank slaps him around uh grotto finally reveals to murdoch all right i killed you know a lady and her kids but it was by accident and he you know there he goes kind of justify his actions um you know and that's kind of that's probably like a better example of how when it's okay to kill and when it's not in the in my opinion, it's only okay to kill if you know the person that's that's uh, making those type of offenses are doing it because that's what they want to do, versus what they're First naturally incli- or, yeah naturally you know, inclined or fight or flight or exactly. Um. So, for instance, let's say uh, let's uh. I'm trying to think who who in the past, especially in U.S. history was known for was known for murder based on just pure delight. Oh, you're talking about, like, uh, Dahmer. Yeah. I Jeffrey you, Dahmer. You could, you could use him as an example.
0: You know, he would just murder people because he wanted to, and he would just, like, he would, he would do all kinds of crazy and, and terrible and, uh, you know, just Awful, the most awful things you can think of. He would do to people and kill them, you know. And that's the kind of person you want to put down. They're a rabid dog, you know. They just, they just hurt people. And it's funny because
1: like you, there's people out there that will easily argue. Well, hey, you know, you don't, you don't know what he's been through. You don't know. Well, that's it. Not doesn't the case. really matter. That's not the case here. If the fact is, it's what he's going to do. Like, I mean, if that's the case, look at people. You know, look at the rich and the poor. There's people that used to be really poor that are now really rich because, you know, they came from poor backgrounds, decided to, you know, change change their mentality, change their Because that's who they style. are. Yeah, because that's who they are. They wanted something better for themselves and or for others. Versus people who used to be rich then ended up poor, obviously, wanted more for themselves and ended up, you know, getting what they, what some people would say, getting what they deserve. But in reality, it's for being so selfish they... You know, they lost all that they had. Going back to these type of people that kill for fun or for sport or because they want to, you know, there's no, the only second chance you're giving them is to kill again, you know?
0: Yeah, it's and it's that tightrope line that you walk, you know, what side are you going to fall on when you, when you're, when the chips are down or when you're in a, when you're in a tight situation, where, where do you stand? Where can you stand? And, I I really enjoyed the writing. I think the the writing of these characters and their argument was was fantastic. Like, even though they sat up there for a good long time talking and I'm <laughs> and I and then I, I keep thinking, why didn't anybody else in that building hear them yelling at each other the whole time and not investigate? I mean, that one guy came up but then he left and, and I was like That guy probably should have went back up to the roof by now because he's like, just shut up, you know? Yeah. And I was surprised that uh, the Punisher was willing to kill that guy for no other reason. Like he had the gun to the door and he's like, well, if he, if he gets too close, I'm going to, I'll kill him. And I'm like, dude, oh, you know, it's just uh where does that, where does that line stop you from, from being a monster or from being a hero? Or it's kind of like remember in Spider-Man, the first one, he's like, you either see yourself, uh, you either live long enough to see yourself become the villain or, you know, people will hate you and scorn you for what you do, yeah. Or, or whatever, you know what I'm, yeah. you know what I mean. So, but overall, dude, the Punisher was amazing. He was. I, I mean, cannot he wait for out, his solo season. He brought out, um,
1: aspects of life that needed to be addressed, like what we just talked about. When is it okay to kill versus when? when Hashtag you Team Punisher. <laughs> And you know, I give everyone my opinion. That you have to have the balance of both. You got to stop those that do it because they want to, and then give those that show some interest at least at least a chance or two. If not, they have to suffer the same fate. Yeah. You can't you can't baby
0: it all the time. See, that's the fun thing. Is I wonder. I would love to know what Punisher would do if if he came across somebody that was a first time offender, like. If this guy has never been to prison and he's doing something wrong, do I shoot him in the head or do I just kick his A so bad that he goes to prison and he says, OK, no more. I'm, I'm done. You know, it, it'd be interesting to see if what he would do in different situations like, oh, like if somebody has been to prison multiple times and he knows that he's like, oh, that guy's super dead. I'm going like <laughs> to like cut that guy to pieces. I'm going to put that guy through a meat grinder. And the first time offender, he's like, I'm just going to break his legs. You know, I'll just kneecap him or whatever. I'll just, you know, do something super painful and, you know, make sure he doesn't... Hey, what's up? Gabe just got a call and he had, like, he has, like, the best ringtone ever of Mice and Men. (laughs) So good. So good. Yeah, sorry about the interruption.
1: Anyways, back to what we were saying. Yeah, uh...
0: It's, uh, I'd love to see what he'd do in that situation, but it's, it's, it's hard not to root for both characters at the same time, even though they're, like, at opposite ends, and they kind of become friends by the end. Like, even when they're in the graveyard, and Frank's telling about how his family died, like, I'll admit, I teared up. Like, I was on the verge of, like, crying, because hmm. I was like, it's so sad. It is. Because it's just like, you know, Gabe and I are both fathers, and you know if anybody would hurt our kids it would just like destroy us and like for anybody who has kids it's it's pretty much the same way we'd uh we'd lose our crap and we'd probably want vengeance on those that uh that hurt hurt innocent people and not you know not just our kids but you know it's it's fun to watch both of them and i and i have to root for both characters even though one is portrayed as the villain the other's portrayed as the hero and then also <laughs> as the villain sometimes and then it's back and forth and People are like, oh, we need the Punisher. He's, you know, my never My neighborhood's never been safer. There's no more, you know, gang in this neighborhood or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you know, one
1: one more side story that I'll bring in comparison. Well, first thing, I'll answer. I'll answer your question. He first time offender. He's probably just gonna teach him a big lesson. Leave it at that. And the reason why I say that is because if you remember when he held the door, to, held the door. When he held the gun against the door. When 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 the former Marine came up to ask him what was going on um it was more to scare Murdoch than anything else because if oh, you remember when Murdoch he he uh he pulled the trigger with the gun that was strapped to his hand what happened right nothing happened yeah the Punisher did that on purpose and so that's that's how you know that's for me I can recognize the Punisher's mentality of what he was trying to accomplish there although he did it out of one bullet he you know he blew the chain off but that was it yeah he only got one bullet out of it um Wait a minute. Hold on. Now that kind
0: of changes the theory. But well, he had a different gun obviously like when he put the gun up to the door do you think he knew that Daredevil could hear him do that?
1: Um I want to say yes cuz at that point he was already starting to figure out that he was blind. Um I'm trying to remember what kind of gave it away for him. I think it was Oh, what was it? It was just the fact that... I want to say it was just the way that he... He noticed the way that when he would fight Murdoch... That it was more of... He, Murdoch used more of his senses to fight than he did... Um, than he did like... Than, than he would with just hind eyesight. Yeah. For instance... Um, he noticed that his movements were fluid... Versus his movements being like... Slightly hesitant or staggered. um. You, uh, a quick test for anyone out there if you want to see what that's like, um, go to a punching bag and just, you know, just, you know, just beat on it, eyes open and everything, see what you do, and then do it again, but have a blindfold on and have someone either record it or record yourself, and you'll see the difference of how, of how you approach, of how you approach your attacks. But, anyways, um, that's going back to what I was saying, uh, you know, he, there, there's like a couple of other instances where he, where the punisher can tell, uh, you know, if a person's doing something based off a of first offense or if it's a person that just does it because they want to. If you've noticed, he's always killing off people that, you know, do bad things because they want to just to eliminate, just to eliminate the issue overall. And I'm not gonna lie, I have the same mentality. If I had most of my decisions I make, I, I make them, um, Based on based on the forethought of a bigger picture, and I mean, I'm sure you've seen me do it. I'm I'm always telling you, hey, you know, I'd rather do this, I'd rather do this to not have any problems in the future than to like you know, be be beating around the bush to see what happens. That's yeah, exactly. that's kind of that's the Punisher's mentality. Is he'd rather take care of the issue, get rid of you know, and move on, than to than to sit and watch the inevitable happen again, versus Murdoch. Murdoch's more because he he still has that lawyer man, lawyer mentality. Oh, I'm here to help the people, give them a chance, and it's that's just you know it's to some people it's a blindness. Some people mistake kindness as weakness, is what no an no old coworker of mine would always would always tell us. Um, but in reality, that's the qualities of a good heart. Not to say that the Punisher doesn't have one, but he's just more he's just more strict with his with his approach.
0: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. The Punisher definitely—he doesn't like to mince words, you know. If he and if he's in a fight and you're fighting him, like trying to kill him, he—you will die, you know. You're gonna get shot or or whatever inhumane thing he decides to do to you. Yep. But I really enjoyed watching John Bernthal play his character because he just—he uh, was straight to it. He was he was like this, this force, this unchained force that just did things. You know, he was almost like the Joker in that way where he's a force of nature. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't, you can't just divert him. You know, he's just, I don't know. He's hard to comprehend sometimes. He's just cause he does so much stuff. He just gets things done. You know, he has backup plans and he's no dummy. He's, he's very tactically minded. You know, he has an approach and, he has plans. If somebody captures him, he'll do this or or he'll just die and he doesn't even care. You know, that's one of the things that makes him so dangerous is he has no superpowers other than he's 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 like Daredevil. He's fearless. You yeah. know, he doesn't care if he dies. This is like what he does. And I don't. he's like, I'm a soldier. If I die, I die. Yeah. And, you know, he's going to do whatever he's going to do. Electra was fun to watch, though, too, although she wasn't as good a fighter as Matt was which was kind of odd because they I always saw them as equals
1: they the season sh- well they they do flashbacks to her childhood and she's supposed to be like a child prodigy of fighting but then Matt you know he's just naturally gifted and you can't help but think why is it well I mean I can special see, I can see quotations. why well now that I talk about it I can see why because like I said earlier he's more in tune with the senses when he fights. Yeah, it's not just that they're trained by the same person. He actually has the advantage of heightened senses. Yeah, I mean that's the whole when when you're in a fight, that's what gives. That kind of is what separates, you know, an experienced fighter from a non-experienced fighter. Um, For instance, when you watch when you watch old movies of Bruce Lee, um, you know he's known as the master of kung fu. In fact, he's so good he developed his own style but you know his roots came from the old form of wing chung kung fu and then from there he just he mastered not only himself but his senses and, and like he just he just had this self-mastery of going above and beyond and learning new techniques that that aren't as common or noticeable to other fighters you know he fought with the senses he fought um adapting
0: to his surroundings so, here, I have to ask you a question, though. Who would win in a fight? Bruce Lee or the guy that plays the Green Ranger? The guy
1: that plays... Who's the guy It's that like plays the John, Green.
0: John David Thomas or something like that. He's a, he's an actual, like, professional martial artist, you know? Oh, the guy Bruce that...
1: Lee. The, the reason being, because like I said, Bruce Lee mastered... Uh, one of his greatest teachings was when you master yourself is when you start to realize that you're nothing but just a student of everything you learn. And that's how Bruce Lee mastered himself to the point where he you know, like I said, he, his fighting style incorporated his senses, incorporated his surroundings, incorporated he he was always learning, always learning. And that's what gave him the edge above any fighter in the world. They put him up against um like grandmasters from different martial art um, martial arts and he always came out on top um and of course he was assassin but you know that's that was just a cheap move but at the same time it's you know in a, in any natural in any fist fight he always came on top and that's why matt murdoch was a better fighter than electra because he was already in tune um with his own body being the natural weapon that it was trained to be versus how she was because she obviously you know she wasn't blind so she 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 relied on the basics yeah she relied yeah she really which is which isn't bad no but you know you want to take it a step further try adapting to certain conditions yeah Yeah, certain conditions that you won't have like another good example is those out there that are fans of dragon ball z still you know um yeah i mean it I mean, it's a harder comparison to throw at because we all know Goku's not even human. He's from a diff- He's from a different, you know, he's from a different race, the Saiyans. But you know, they're specifically that. That's a that's a breded species of people that that are meant to fight always, you know. But like, if you look at Goku's character, he was always learning, even though he he never had the mentality that he was the best. His mentality was, "This is the reality of things. What am I gonna do to overcome my own obstacles?" You know, his. I, this is something I always teach to, to you know, um, students of mine that I tutor, or the kids, the primary kids I teach at church, or even my new hires at work. Is, you know, if you stick with the basics and then move on from there, your self mastery will always improve. The that's why you always see those sayings of you're only, you know, the only person you're really, uh, the, on, the only real competition you have is, is yourself. yourself. Yeah. You know, and that's why, that's what makes certain people have a better edge above others is because they understand that concept. Hey, you know, if I can improve myself, then I can see and compare my strengths and weaknesses to another person's strengths and weakness, weaknesses. And, and adjust from there. Um, I hope that answers the question why Matt was a better fighter than Elektra, but, you know, that's the theology behind it,
0: or reality behind it, too. Yeah, I think I would definitely have to agree with that, though. I think she just... she She doesn't have the advantages that Matt does by mastering his senses, you know, that makes him infinitely more capable than her, and makes him you know, as we've said before, fearless. Mm-hmm. So I liked her character, though. I thought the relation stuff w- relationship stuff was pretty compelling by the end. You know, I kind of liked it. And I didn't really like Matt and Karen Page together. I didn't really like. What? You didn't like that? No, <laughs> I was like, it's OK. But it felt like I was watching. I was watching drama from the CW. And I was like, it doesn't really fit in this show all that well. <laughs> you know you know what i mean but you know it was it was cute but I, <laughs> I i just i i knew that it wouldn't work out between them at all i i knew that it wouldn't last long because matt cares far too much about being daredevil than he does about being a lawyer and being a regular human being you know he kind of shoves that stuff aside to make way for i guess the more important things, you know, it's not, it's not to say that Karen and and his practice aren't important, but it's obvious that you're going to choose the deep underlying problem to solve before you have to deal with the stuff that can wait, you know, you know, there was the hand that was just doing things in the, in the background that he wanted to stop. So he took it upon himself to say, well, these things are just going to have to take a, a back seat to all of this. And then electric got in the way and then Karen's like you're 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 despicable and I hate you and and Foggy's like you're a terrible friend and you're never here you're not even a lawyer anymore you're you're a jerk and he's not wrong <laughs> he's not wrong he's like just but Foggy was kind of a badge about some of that stuff though too he was just like he just didn't trust Matt because he just is... That that kind of person, like Matt Murdock, you kind of have to let them run their own show because they choose to live or die by their actions. You know, they he chooses to be a vigilante. If he dies, he dies, and that's just the the risk that you take. It's superhero insurance policy number one. You know, you can't if you're going to be a superhero. There's no life insurance to back you up, and there's you know it's all on you. You know, and I think Foggy kind of missed miss that point you know honestly it's a
1: concept he doesn't really understand no he's not i mean first of all foggy's not a superhero second of all his only responsibility is what to himself and a non a non uh dramatically violent lifestyle like matt matt's used to that like as we know his backstory his dad was involved with mobsters He's a boxer too. Nonetheless. Exactly. And so Matt, you know, even though his dad kind of tried to shelter him from it, but his dad was smart enough to kind of educate him on the realities of it. Hey, this stuff exists. If you ever find yourself in this situation, this is what you do. These are your options, blah blah blah. And that's how, you know, that's that's a reality Matt used to his advantage thanks to his dad. Versus Foggy, he never had that. It's like, "Oh, you know, I'm 22. I've never... Go back to being a butcher. I'm going to go be a butcher like my parents thought I should be. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Go back to making cold cuts. <laughs> you know, Foggy didn't have that. He, he was never shown or taught
0: those types of options in life. And all he's ever known is basically violence and training and school, you know.
1: Right. Which is kind of funny, which is kind of, in my opinion, is why I thought, why, why I kind of like the relationship between him and Karen Page is because, you know, I know deep inside, Matt wants a break from that, all that. You know, it's kind of like how in the Dark Knight series when Bruce runs off with Selena Kyle. Or was it to Italy? Yeah. You know, I, that was the first thing that popped in my mind is like, oh, maybe they'll go to France. Like, but I mean, that's just, that's just how opposites attract i guess like that that's it's it's like an, an inevitable um what's the word i guess uh, for lack of a better term since i used to like since i like to use the words just the reality of things opposites attract
0: yeah that's why he that's that's why he likes a lot or uh or Karen yeah cuz she's so normal and he's very very not normal
1: and like and like in the show it said he enjoys the cheap things in life cuz you saw all the, all the finer things in life he experienced He experienced with when he was in that relationship with Electra when he was in college
0: but at the same time he saw he it's poor, all lies and violence with Electra and he he doesn't need that all the time I mean or he didn't want it
1: then he associated that with like the finer life or yeah. what people see as the finer life Yeah, exactly. to him it's like the finer life behind it or what motivates it is you know all these bad things that I'm just sick of so being with Karen, to him, it was like, you know, this is life. The simple joys of of what's around
0: me. Yeah, I agree. And I I actually still enjoyed watching Elektra and uh, Matt back in his college days, although his haircut was atrocious, man. Like That's such an eyesore. I was like, uh. I just want to reach through the screen and grab that head of hair and just be like, you don't need this. Uh. And, and, you know, <laughs> throw it in the trash, but you know, outside of that, um, Electra was kind of a fun wild card to throw in the mix there (laughs) just to kind of like keep Matt on his toes and be like, she just shows up in places and he's just like, what the, what are you doing here? Go away. You know, I never, he was, he was super cold to her, you know, and for good reason, but I liked the fact that he was so cold to her in the beginning. He's like, I want you out of my house. I want you out of my life. I never want to see you again. And then she like quietly, you know, Look, just tempts him a little bit she's like oh you know, seduces oh. her way back in seduces her way back in you know with her wiles and her intrigue and her her getting into people's business and I liked that about about it let's get to the fighting though how convincing were those fights um uh, let me think back like comparatively to like the first season well I mean I noticed he likes to do that one flip move He's freaking good at it. He does like the he does the aerial aerial kick.
1: Yeah, and it's always like a side, like a kind of like a sidekick. Yeah. Um. But other than that, it, I'm trying to think. It's I mean, Daredevil. Like they they showed more fighting this season than they did last last season, or was it the opposite? I can't remember. No,
0: no, it, you're right. There was a lot more this season, but at some point, I almost became immune to it yeah and like I, I I've been I've been uh, spoiled by it because it's so good you're just like and so common it's so good but then it became so common I was like how many of these fights have I seen <laughs> and it's there's it's not a bad thing I just almost wish there was some other fifth element added to it at some point that made it more or less mundane. I guess, right? Like, maybe if they'd done a few like day fights, I know he fights at night and that's his thing, but maybe if they'd added in a few like day day fights to kind of shake things up because the format's always the same: alleyway, warehouse, rooftop, you know, tenement, rooftop. You know, fight fight with ninjas, which was super, <laughs> cool, which was super cool by the way, and the fact that he could not hear them other than he have to listen to their breath. They're breathing. Yeah, they're breathing. Yeah. I was like, shoot, he's got to he's got to step his game up. I thought that was cool, but you know, at least a couple of day fights would have been a good way to shake things up. I mean, we got to see Punisher in the daylight and walking <laughs> around and stuff, and I'm not gonna lie, I think I've seen too much of Punisher. <laughs> it's like I I almost I was like, man, I kind of want to see some more. I just want to see what he can do, but by the end, I was like, man, he's he's legit. He's legit Punisher. Yeah you know these bonafide bona my
1: the part couple couple specific um violent scenes i guess you could say that i i kind of liked watching was um they actually both involved wilson fisk like when when frank castle was in jail met, meets up with wilson fisk uh kind of lets fisk Puppet him into killing. Oh,
0: in that ha- that uh, prison hallway, mm-hmm. it was another one shot. Oh, I love that one. That was great. That was super a good one. violent.
1: It was more the fact of that the Punisher, because this is where it kind of goes back to what I was saying, where the Punisher he can tell, he can discern between between like a truly bad person and a person that's just accustomed to to you know bad habits. You know, if you you can tell that. Um, you can you can tell that well you can tell in the scene when he meets Fisk for the first time that Fisk k- kind of gives him that proposal the um, luring him that hey I want you to do something for me and this is gonna be your motivation for it. you're gonna get the answers you want and at the same time you're gonna give me what I want and so he, the Punisher knew in with the motive of him wanting answers to what happened to his family,
0: yeah. So he, so he basically like blackmails him into doing what he wants, so that you know, uh, Punisher, oh now yeah, I remember, yeah, Punisher, remember. yeah. So
1: Punisher, you know, kind of, I can see where his mentality was during that time. <laughs> no <I> so, forgot. <laughs> well, he, so he, he's, he
0: wants answers about his family, uh, and Fisk basically blackmails him to like do what he get rid of his competition in prison so that Frank can have answers to like who is responsible for setting up that meeting with for his family so he can get to the blacksmith. That's yeah. what that guy's called or whoever it But was. I was
1: going towards how Frank was able to discern all that. Oh, it's the fact that he's in prison and he already knows why those guys are in there for what they do and who they are. Yeah. That's the only reason why he really does this because in his mind, it's like, all right, you know, I still get what I want out of it and more. So what does he do? Kills the competition and threatens Fisk with his life. Dude, which was crazy. Like when... But if you've noticed... Oh, sorry. But if you've noticed, like, you know, that code of honor or that code of conduct he goes by, if he wanted to, he could have killed Fisk right there. He could have. But he didn't. Why? Because he knows at a... Some type of honor, you know, the fact that Fisk helped him out. Fisk kind of, you know, he knew Fisk uh, was manipulating him, but at the same time, Fisk gave him some legit answers, knowing that it wasn't the entire the entirety of what he was looking for, but it was something useful to help him out. So they, in a sense, they, I mean, in reality, they helped each other out. You got to look at it that way. But at the same time, it's like, you know, Frank Frank Castle's mentality as well again i have to survive so would it, so these are these are so far the only options i have
0: yeah but yet isn't it strange that during the court case we obviously figure out that frank is told that there's someone who can give him answers to who's responsible for his family's death and yet he blows his entire case because someone has that information, not knowing for sure if that information is even valid. He took a huge risk by saying, because that's the reason he blew up his own case, was because there's someone on the inside who's like, if you get into prison, someone has an offer for you about information regarding your family and stuff like that. And that's why he torpedoed his own case. But it, it's the fact that he, he, not knowing for sure whether that information was real or not, he's like, screw it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go see instead of getting out you know parole with you know parole within so many months or whatever which he would have been in prison for anyway so in all honesty all he, he could have won his case and still, and got still gotten that information because he would have gone to prison
1: no that's no that, you're right he that's that's an alternative that that's not it's safe to say that's an, an alternative that um that the characters for being in that storyline didn't really think think through because you have to think i mean the uh for foggy and murdoch their mentality was well what are we going to do to win this case versus well we need to see we need to see what's really going on here because when you talk to certain like really good lawyers the good the best lawyers you'll see are the ones that try to see the big picture and do their job at the same time if i'm guilty of a crime and they know it and they see why i did what i did based on the you know they see the the entire big picture and they piece it together you know part of them is going to say nah you know buddy you deserve the punishment coming towards you but at the same time i got to do my job and i said i was going to defend you so, we're going to have to manipulate a couple things, move some things around here to make you look at least not as bad as how things came out to be, To where, to where just to the point enough where it shows that you did what you did out of out of an, a certain necessity that's acceptable to the public and the justice system. But that's not what happened. No. It is <laughs> what, not what happened. What happened was, Foggy was freaking out because he was going up against the DA. Murdoch was missing... So their mentality was, all right, let's, you know, they kind of, I hate to say it, but they, they treated it like, like, is it they're in college again? They, I don't want to say they did the bare minimum, but they did what they could to survive just as much as, you know, Frank Castle did what he did to survive.
0: Yeah, they did no different, really. It's, which,
1: which kind of, which kind of <laughs> makes me laugh because it's like, well, you know, you guys are preaching to each other how, how, um. You know, one one uh, thought of belief is, you know, more preferable, more superior, more um, acceptable than the other. But habitually, you guys did the exact same thing, but to each other. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> I enjoyed the court stuff, though. The court stuff was fun. It was fun watching those arguments happen. I, I don't know what's so interesting about watching a court case, but it's... I it's, think
1: it's more the fact that it's like their element. Like, yeah. that's, that's, this is what that's, to school for. like you were saying, that's Daredevil fighting in the daylight. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not action-packed, but that's as, that's just as thrilling as him, you know, throwing a guy off four stories of stairs. It certainly can be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It certainly can be.
0: Did you see that, though? He, like, freaking killed Nobu, or at least he thought he could kill Nobu. He chucked him off of a roof. You know, I was like, okay. And he... what did
1: he say? What did he say to to Frank earlier? My way's not working. My obviously, way's not working. Is. Maybe
0: it never did. Yeah, exactly. And so he
1: tried his way, and, uh, and obviously, and it still it's didn't like,
0: work. It's like if I can't stop Nobu, I'll just have to kill him.
1: He tried killing Nobu, and it didn't work.
0: Oh, and on another <laughs> note, on another note, we got his freaking grappling hook. Uh, yeah, his grappling uh, hook, Billy club, Billy club, freaking dope it was so phenomenal I why it. didn't they give us that earlier in the series i was so ticked i was like we're only getting this now it's like the
1: last episode hey man you got to keep in mind they i don't know what their plan is for daredevil as the series as far as like netflix and marvel go together but you have to keep in mind these are these are certain climaxes that they like to th- kind of throw in there just to keep the audience interested
0: well, they certainly nailed it. They got me thinking, like, man, I want to see more of that. So now I gotta wait. Yep. I gotta wait till next season. Oh, Cam, uh, uh, Easter egg. I got another Easter egg for you. In Melvin All right, This Potter's- is the last one. In Melvin <laughs> Potter's shop, the Extendo legs. There, if you saw in the background, there was the Stiltman costume he was building. So uh, the Stiltman oh, yeah. is like a villain in the TV series, which is. Well, okay, he's not actually in it yet, but his costume was there. Like you saw his chest plate and the headpiece and then you saw the legs, the extendo legs. Which is which is pretty interesting because uh, Punisher Punisher in the comics actually actually kills Stiltman. Sorry, my kid's talking. <laughs>
1: Yeah. yeah, that's true, huh? I completely forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Punisher freaking shoots a rocket up at Stiltman's crotch and blows him sky high. It's great. It's really funny, actually, because Cap like finds out about it and Cap like beats the Punisher within an inch of his life, and Cap will, and Punisher won't fight back because he respects him. And it's a it's a whole nother thing, but <laughs> it's it, it's it's cool to see some of those other little Easter eggs, like kind of like you mentioned, like the whole Sawblade thing. But anyway, uh, there were a couple other things that I I noticed that didn't actually play out. Like in some of the promos they have Punisher holding the minigun, the M134 minigun. Big old Gatling Cannon.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And he never uses it. He doesn't use it in the show, like he looks at it and you see his fingers twitching, and he's like, Ooh, ooh, I wanna use my minigun. I gotta use that minigun. And there's a whole rooftop full of ninjas, and he doesn't use it <laughs> he uses just the, the sniper rifle or the sharpshooter rifle and he and he you know he takes down a few ninjas to help daredevil out which which was cool see them you know help a brother out. help a brother out when in need you know a little bit like that and uh but he doesn't use it and that's like that's like the one thing anybody would want to see the punisher use is the minigun. But like you said, you know, maybe they're saving that till the next episode or the next season and that'll be like the first thing he uses is the <laughs> minigun. It'll be like a room full of guys and then he just plasters the, the wall full of holes from his M134 minigun and, you know, you know, he's just like, Brr, done, leaves, you know, start off, you know, Punisher season one. <laughs> yep. And then we'll find out
1: more about certain villains. So, real quick, I'll, I'll throw this out there the blacksmith I want to say we already know who it is my opinion is the blacksmith was his former uh commanding officer
0: right isn't that what they're trying to like show they are saying that that's that's who he was
1: and it it makes sense because later on when when um they go to the ship they see uh one of frank's old um buddies buddies in war right right it was one of his uh yeah and then you know but but at the same time it's like what's the point of them being on that ship that ship is property of the blacksmith the guys there are property of the blacksmith you know you put two and two together that's the blacksmith and that's how (laughs) that's how he figured it out though Exactly. Like, he he realized, alright, you know, these guys are doing crooked things and unfortunately they happen to be people I trusted my life with so many years ago.
0: Did you, did you like that whole thing? Because Karen showed up there and she's like starting to show up at all of the crime scenes where <laughs> she's like in danger and somebody has to save her. Whether it's Punisher or Daredevil or whoever, but... Like, did you like her whole bit where she's now like a trepid and intrepid reporter? Or, oh like Or do you a, think that's stupid? Do you think she should just go back a to blonde, being
1: a, a blonde Lois Lane pretty much? A blonde Lois Lane or
0: <laughs> or a you know, a blonde chick version of uh of uh, uh what's the the uh Ben Urich?
1: Oh <laughs> the guy that the guy that yeah. she's like
0: taking over for basically. Yeah.
1: Seeing her as a reporter, I'm trying to remember what what was Karen's role in the comics. What was she? Um, I don't know. At this point, I I really like I like Karen and all. I'm not gonna lie, I really like Karen and the actress that plays her because she does a really got really good job portraying Karen's character. So at this point, I really don't care. It's like, eh. you know, there has to be. I have a feeling that you know they just used her. Kind of as an excuse to reveal more, more, more of plot the plot. Points, yeah, you know. So to me, it's like, well, I mean, I guess they really didn't have any other choice because you know if they started using Foggy. Oh, that's that's, that's that. That would change that was... the storyline completely because then you know that's what, like I said, Foggy never had that exposure. You know, you throw all that expo- exposure to him now.
0: That's gonna change lots of things. I wouldn't have enjoyed that. That would have been just too weird. It's like you're a lawyer, you're an accomplice to a vigilante, and now you're now you're a, a reporter. Okay, that's that's too many hats. That's too many hats on hats. So,
1: I mean, it 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 can work, but it's not the storyline, you know. No, but if they did an alternate universe, maybe.
0: Yeah, but maybe. <laughs> but actually, but whole you know, uh, Karen's role like. Doing the whole reporter thing actually kind of worked because even from season one, she was the one that was searching for information, trying to figure out why these terrible people are doing what they're doing and who they are and stuff. And she's pulling the right strings and stuff like that. So it kind of makes sense since they already established that sort of trend with her from the beginning. Yeah.
1: So I guess that's more of an investigator.
0: Yeah. It fits just fine. I can't imagine she's a very good assistant. We don't see her doing very much assisting. We just see her just walking around saying a bunch of things and getting in everybody's way and pissing people off because she's so curious. Curious <laughs> and, 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 and angry with the DA who's a total B. Hey, I mean she ends up dying so She ends up dying and I felt pity for her. I was like, Oh like she's like, Oh I have kids and then boom 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 I was like, Oh man, had kids. <laughs> yeah. She had kids that are now orphans. So she's a, yeah, that was that was kind of messed up. Although we know it wasn't actually the Punisher, it was somebody else, you know, going around doing his thing, pretending to be him.
1: Yeah, my question still remains: Who was, who that? was it exactly? Yeah, we didn't find that out, did we? We uh, probably won't find out till season three.
0: I wonder if in you in think the about next it, season, season two
1: yeah. revealed a couple stuff from season one, but I just can't remember them all for some reason i just remember those
0: aha moments like ah that makes sense i like i think my favorite moment though was in the whole thing well that's actually two moments one was when uh daredevil uses his billy club grappling hook to like swing down he actually used it or he would like knock a guy out with it which is pretty dope (laughs) The other was when Nobu finally dies. When Stick goes up to him and just like stabs him in the chest and then cuts his head off. <laughs> I was like, "Finally. Finally. Finally. Gosh, I can't take any more of this Nobu guy getting in everybody's way saying, "Oh, I'm dead." Actually, I'm not. Sorry. Wait, no, I'm dead. No, I'm not. Sorry. Ha ha, jokes on you. Ha-ha. You know, I just got sick of that and I was finally like, "Thank you, Stick, for, you know, sticking it to him."
1: Ha-ha. <laughs> So, another mystery remains was before they threw Electra in that big old, uh, what is it? Like a, not that, well, iron casket, I guess. With all that, with the Japanese kanji on top of it. Yeah. My question is, what was in there before they threw in Electra?
0: Was it like the, is that all just blood of some beast or uh, some other being just in there? I'm trying, to, I, I want to say it's, a, that's what it was supposed to be. But the fact that they
1: just easily threw in Electra, I'm like, was it? were they just prepping
0: it up there has for to a be host, or was there actually someone in there already? There has to be more mysticism to it, to it than that, because that's like, the way they're going is like, all the mystic stuff, mm-hmm. so, and from what I gather, they don't actually mention Black Sky a lot in the comics, or even at all, really. Yeah. And so, I have no idea we have no idea what that actually is. It's probably just a a pseudonym for something else that we know and we just haven't figured it out or pieced it together yet. You know. Exactly. That's
1: for the first time I am stumped pretty yeah. bad. Like, and I don't get stumped that easily. But hey, you know, another topic for another
0: time. Another time. Yeah. Overall, I was super impressed with this whole season like I was just kept on edge the whole time I was like, well, who's doing this and why is this happening and who are these people and I? Was pretty much I Don't know it was almost a perfect season like I I mean for the things that we talked about that we didn't like Those are very 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 minor in scale to compared to everything else that was just super well done exactly like like if i had to put this up against any other season of television that was you know every episode was good this will top them all i think because i don't think i've watched a tv show where every episode was as good as its predecessor and this one every episode was just awesome i don't know at least it was for me i don't know about you me, um, the only
1: the close thing for me would probably be the Flash, only because the way they're going about that, dude, Flash
0: is amazing, and so, um, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother thing, man. <laughs> I wanna, I'd love to talk about the Flash. We'll have to do a good TV recap
1: flash season two if you're not watching it we recommend you catch up if you're behind because you're missing a lot
0: and su- <laughs> and supergirl apparently actually that's uh, kind of the surprise one for me I wasn't expecting to like it at all and it's actually it's actually pretty good be honest has it got better since the last time I saw it do you know the first couple episodes were a little rough stone rolling but uh now it's it feels a lot more polished and a lot more fleshed out and a lot more legitimate it's a, it's it feels a lot more like the flash where there's a happier, solid rhythm to it, but there's still great conflict for the, the hero of the story. Huh. You know, there's, All a, right. lot, there's a lot more at stake. I guess that's, that's how I would put it. There's a lot more at stake, and that's what makes it interesting. Uh, so, that's a... highly recommend Supergirl. And Legends of Tomorrow. If you have not watched Legends of Tomorrow, go watch it. It is awesome. I think I've already iterated that or reiterated that a couple of times, but Legends of Tomorrow is sweet. It's like watching a an Avenger, like a live action Avengers TV show, only better. So, go check huh. it out.
1: Legends of Tomorrow.
0: Oh, I'll I'll admit, people, I haven't seen it. <laughs> Gabe will proceed to go and watch every episode that he can after this point. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. If you're looking for us, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher us on Facebook. You can find us on Patreon if you want to donate your pocket lint and change to us. Please do so if you have the opportunity or would like to. Uh, also, go check out one of our sponsors. Check out Comic Bento or Geek Fuel; Those are great places for great geeky, nerdy stuff. And a quick reference. if For those who don't know Steve and I
1: that well, it's funny that uh, we have sponsors because once upon a time, back when Steve and I used to skate, we actually we actually had sponsors back then too. That is true. <laughs> that is
0: true. Uh, I used to skate for Union Board Shop back when it existed up in Highland, Utah. So and then in Arizona days. for a, mo- a couple months,
1: I was sponsored by a little s- Mon pa shop called Superfly Skateboards, which was. Very rewarding. I got free clothes. Yeah. And free decks. I got so I got free stuff. My mom was happy. She was kind of confused why I got came home with new and free clothes. Mm-hmm. But
0: oh, they thought we, they thought I was robbing you know robbing the skate shop yeah. left and right. You know I was taking home just blank decks and grip tape and hardware and oh they never gave me trucks or wheels. It was always the hardware. Really? I had I always had to pay for my trucks and wheels and bearings. I never had to pay for hardware though. Wow. Or or, or the, like the blank decks. If I wanted like a name brand deck. I had to pay for it. I had to pay full price.
1: Bro, I'm not gonna lie. I was super spoiled. I never, like I said, I never paid a penny for any of my. For stuff. serious? Yeah. What the heck? There's only one time I remember. When I came in. I literally told the employees how I wanted my my uh my deck and assembly customized, and they did it. It was it. Like <laughs> Dude,
0: you lucky sob. But then man, again, they awesome. went out of
1: business, so. I mean, it was fun while it lasted. So yeah. For those of you that can actually skate. I mean, get out there and do it when the weather's nice. That and if you ever get an opportunity like I had, just just because you're not on a pro team does not mean you cannot enjoy the simple things of life. Because, like Seriously. I said, stuff like that does not come to just anyone. Let alone is that available for any for anyone out there. But moving on, we got sponsors. Kind of ni- Kind of a nice feeling to have sponsors again. <laughs> it is nice. It is nice. It's nice. And uh, one more promo, I'll throw out there. Uh, in in the comment feeds, if you have anything to add to our theories or to our, um, or even if you want to add in your own theories and perceptions of of why people do what they do or why these characters do what they do or how how a life's perceived, you know, go ahead and feel free to throw that in there. Um, and I'll be honest, I will mention you by name maybe even contact you personally and have you give us your thoughts and opinions
0: on one of our podcasts tweet at us at sons of comics or you can send us your thoughts and feelings in a word doc or whatever you can email us at sons of comics at gmail yeah and next uh next up we'll be talking about batman v superman in depth and at length i'm sure we'll be talking about it for months because it's a huge grossing film and And everybody's opinion matters, including my daughter's. (laughs) That's right. Thank you, Harper. Um, Yeah, so send us your thoughts. We'll talk about them. We'll mention them. And we'll mention you by name, uh, either by avatar name or whatever, you know, whatever you got. So, yeah, stay tuned. And, yes, thanks for listening. Good night.